Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we get all grown up as we take a look at a mature approach to adopting the cloud. So, pull on your big boy pants, settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. Uh, so on this week's show, um, this is based around uh, an article that I saw and, and read a couple of weeks ago, um, talking about a cloud strategy. Um, and so to, uh, to, to help me to chat through the article, I couldn't think of anyone better uh, than the author of the article itself and uh, a friend of the show, returning guest, uh, Matt Watts. Hi, Matt. Hey, Paul. Great to be yeah, back. Yeah, nice to you. have you back on and uh, always good to chat with you. Um, well, look, before we jump into the article and, and kind of this uh, this cloud strategy discussion, um, why don't, uh, for people who've not heard you on the show before or, or not come across you, uh, why don't you introduce yourself um, tell people uh, who it is you are and what it is you do? Cool. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, so I'm Matt Watson. I'm the Director of Technology and Strategy for NetApp in EMEA. Um, I guess I have two sort of roles um, or two parts to my role, which uh, which I think are important. The one is I work very closely with our advanced technology group, uh, Office of the CTO, um, and people in sort of the some of the more strategic roles in NetApp um, to understand kind of where we think we need to go for the future, what that could look like. Um, but I'm also part of the team that's helping to um, craft some of the messaging um, in terms of what does NetApp want to be going forward, and how do we communicate that to our customers? Yeah, so it's um uh, well, and, and that actually that, that that role probably feeds in quite nicely to to the article that you wrote, um, because I think the um what's interesting about this, you know, so if people listening to this show going, oh, it, it's it's going to be all about NetApp, it, it's it it really isn't. In fact, it's this is um almost the complete opposite of that. In that, this is a much more interesting general conversation around the changing view of, of cloud strategy. But anyway, I, I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, so so this article you written was was called uh, Cloud First! Exclamation uh, mark, Cloud First! Question um, mark. Do, do you want to give us a little bit of background to, to that article and, and, and what was your thinking around the piece that you've written? Yeah, so so it was something that I think has been coming to, 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 to my attention probably over the last few years. And, and I think if I look back three or four years ago, um, when you would ask people, you know, what's your strategy for the cloud? It would, you know, I was always getting people going, we're cloud first. You know, it was, it was that kind of a mantra, cloud first, cloud first, cloud first. Um, and I think a lot of people did it. And by the way, that's not a strategy as far as I'm concerned. That's a mandate, not a strategy. A strategy, you know, is a much more thought through process. And I think what's happened is as the, the kind of time has rolled on to where we are today, I think people are now looking at it and realizing that a strategy should be cloud first question mark you know is there any reason why we shouldn't look at this new capability inside the cloud or is there any reason why we couldn't take existing technologies and move them to the cloud and by asking it as a question you create a strategy cloud first question mark is a mandate sorry cloud first exclamation is a mandate and i think the reason it's happened is that a lot of people made mistakes um, a lot of people took you know when that cloud first mandate a lot of people took applications and simply dumped them into one of the hyperscalers um, which as I say, is not a strategy. It's at best a modern version of, of, of kind of outsourcing. It is not strategy. And people made mistakes. Uh, you know, if you just take something and dump it into the cloud um, because you think that there's going to be some kind of cost benefit, you tend to find out fairly quickly that, yes, there is a cost benefit, but it's not to you. It's to the company that you put, whose cloud you put it into. And that that's the shift. I think there's been a maturity of this away from this mandate of cloud first for everything towards this question, which is, is there any good reason why we shouldn't go cloud first? And if there is a good reason, then don't. So that, that was kind of the reason for the for the article, was that, that changing nature of the conversation from mandate to question. 
Yeah, and I, th- I think that's um, a, a really interesting point, isn't it? And, and there's a couple of things that you talk about uh, and you've talked about there, that this idea that, and maybe it is, uh, maturity is a really good word, isn't it? That the idea that I think, and I suppose you see this in all kinds of things, don't you? That, that people will rush in to adopt a technology because that technology is interesting and there's potential for benefit to to kind of be there from, from what they've seen. But it's often like most things isn't it that you don't really know how well something works until people actually start to use this kind of stuff in anger um, and I think that's been a probably a good example with with cloud in that you talked before about the idea that people may be picking up their traditional on-prem infrastructures and thinking let me just go and move that as it is into AWS and then finding that actually AWS doesn't really do that very well um, I, I mean what, what what are some of the things that you kind of have come across where where people have felt that that just rushing in and taking that cloud face as a mantra to, to pinch that phrase you know what, what are some of the things that have tripped people up with that 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 maybe has started to uh, drive this different approach yeah, so I mean, if I think a really obvious one is there were a lot of people made a lot of assumptions. So I think one was, you know, look at the price; it's clearly cheaper, you know, because they were they were looking at the sticker price and um, you know cost per gigabyte, cost per compute. It just it was cheaper, um, and people didn't realize that it, it's well, the cost starts to occur when you actually start to use it. It's like the early days of mobile phones. You were paying twenty five pounds a month for a mobile phone, and at the end of the month, you got a bill for one hundred and twenty five pounds. And you were surprised. Why how the hell did that happen? Well, that happened because you used it. And I think that was what happened with cloud, is people just kind of went in thinking, well, that's the cost. Well, of course, they didn't take into account the usage costs. So I think there was there was that kind of scare that happened as people started to move things in. They suddenly started to realize that the costs were much broader than they, they, they originally realized. And I think we also saw um, this assumption that if we put stuff into the cloud, um, the service that we will get will be better or certainly as good as what we had before. Um, and nobody was misled. You know, it's very, very clear that if you run a service um, or software as a service, it's very, very clear what level of protection, what level of recovery, what kind of granularity that you get within that service. Um, and people just went in with the assumption that it's bound to be as good. And I think we've increasingly started to realize that the level of data protection capabilities offered by the software as a service companies are frequently nowhere near the level that companies had engineered into their own systems when they were running those technologies in their own data centers. So I think, I mean, that's just a couple of examples, but I think those are two good examples of how people have suddenly started to realize that that kind of, nobody was misled. Nobody was, you know, nobody was promised something that, that wasn't going to happen. But I think people just made these assumptions. And those are two, I think, very obvious examples that have stopped people and really got them thinking, hang on, you know, cloud first, is it, you know, cloud first question mark? I yeah, and I, th- I think that um, assumption is a really good word, isn't it? Because it's always very dangerous. Um, and I, I mean, and I think as well that. I suppose one of the things that does happen is that those um, who take advantage of kind of an innovation like this, you know, take advantage of kind of public cloud, see it as an innovation and and those kind of initial adopters of that, you know, these people who kind of, you know, take advantage of it first, first time round, you know, the first people to say, well, I'll build an infrastructure in a, in a public cloud provider. Often in their case, uh, actually, they can do that because maybe they're a startup and maybe that's a, you know, they're a, a, you know, people use the phrase born in the cloud and they kind of a born in the cloud company where 
all of their infrastructure is just designed to run in in that environment. But like I said, as, as these kind of technologies start to mature and more traditional enterprises, more traditional organizations start to look at, well, can I start to move some of my workloads into this kind of space? Because like, as you said, you know, sometimes maybe I'm looking at sticker price and thinking, well, that sounds like, you know, it only costs me a few pennies per per hour to run that machine. Surely that will work out cheaper over the year than me buying a server. So I'll just take it as it is and move it in. But there's also that kind of element of, well, yeah, I'd like to put this in the cloud. Yeah, we, we see quite a lot with uh, manufacturing companies where they've got compute resources attached to manufacturing machines. And the idea that you take that compute resource and put that in some remote data center and you're not really sure where it is, just doesn't tend to work for that environment. So they then start to have to think about kind of re-architecting stuff, you know. So, I mean, again, is that is that kind of an experience where actually we're starting to see this this world where we're just shoving everything in the cloud as it is, doesn't really work for us because actually the way we operate just could never support that that kind of environment. And we, and we need to be smarter with the way we do that. Yeah, I, th- I think it goes back to a little bit of what I said before. You know, I think the there was a sort of a naivety that you know, we, if we put everything into the cloud, it'll probably it'll be cheaper and it'll make our lives simpler. Um, and whilst that may happen, you know, those are outcomes you could get. They shouldn't be the outcomes of they shouldn't be the primary outcomes of why you look at the cloud. Um, you know, if you if you're looking at the cloud for an existing application, I think you have to make certain decisions, which are is this application, was this application ever designed to run in the cloud? And if we're not changing anything, if we're simply taking and dumping it into the cloud, then what's the value we get? Um, is it actually going to be um, cheaper to run it there? Are we going to get you know, the, the, the sort of things that we want? Um, and you know, once you start to analyze that, you've also got to then look at, you know, very much like NetApp did. You know, we used to run Siebel on-premises, you know, a Siebel infrastructure on-premises. And we looked at the upgrade to take us to, to a later version of that application. Um, and it was a huge amount of money. We looked at it and said, does that application create better tools and products and services for our customers? No. That was the decision where we said, well, we don't just take Siebel and dump it into a cloud provider um, because it was never designed to be there. And actually, it doesn't create additional value. So we had to, our cloud strategy was, let's look at having a new application delivered to us as a service. We started off with Salesforce, we're now with SAP. um, And now we're starting to see real value from that. We're starting to, we have applications that are always up to date. It's always the latest version. Um, we get a lot of kind of capabilities and values that we didn't have before. Um, so, you know, that's that, that's this, this maturing strategy is if you're going to if you're going to take something and move it to the cloud, what's the value you'll get from doing that? Is it going to be you can test and develop quicker? You'll have the always have the latest version. Is it going to um, enable you to have capabilities you don't currently have? Will it reduce your cost and will it make your life simpler? These are all the facets you have to consider when you're looking to the cloud. And that's why cloud first as a mandate is not a strategy. And, it's, and it causes, I think, a, or it can cause some very, very bad practice. Whereas cloud first question mark gets you really thinking about what's the true value we're going to get. From yeah, and I think it's um, it's interesting that uh, probably as human beings, but maybe maybe particularly human beings who work in technology, it sometimes feels like we never learn the lesson either, doesn't it? Because actually, uh, the, the more you talk about kind of cloud first as a mandate, it, 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 it reminds me of things like um, 
I will always be a Windows user or I will always be a Mac user. That That's my mandate. You know, it's I will, uh, you know, I'm a, a showing my age, but I'm a Novell user. I will never be a Microsoft user um, for, for my file serving capabilities. You know, it's that kind of I'm going to make a decision because that's my favorite type of decision. But I'm never going to step back and say, yeah, but what's yeah. the what's the reason for that? What's the what's the best way of delivering? It's almost that kind of entrenched, entrenched attitude that may, I, I don't know whether it's just unique to us people who work in technology or not. Um, but, it, but it does. It, it sounds very much like that. You know, I'm just this is my favorite position and I'm just going to take it regardless of whether it's good, bad or indifferent for the uh, kind of the overall objective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. You know, and and again, it, people felt it was very easy to take something that you currently do and simply just dump it into a, a hyperscale provider because effectively you're doing exactly the same thing, but somebody else's technology is running it or underpinning it. Um, so it also was it felt like an easy strategy. You know, you're being driven by the board to go cloud first, cloud first, cloud first. Um, so a lot of people just went, oh, Christ, let's just get rid of all of this stuff. Can I keep shoveling it over? Um, and you didn't need to retrain anyone. You were taking the same stuff you'd always done and you were just dumping it into the cloud. Um, the problem was that, um, that a lot of people suddenly realized that actually that got more expensive. The, you know, there was a lot of things that, that just didn't stack up. Um, so, and that's, I think, is also a reason why we're seeing a lot of data coming back. In fact, I think Gartner recently said of services that were moved out to the cloud, I think they predicted or they, they estimated 52% of those services have now come back on premises. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's something we're seeing as well, that in, in some of these kind of early... Um, it, and sometimes for the right reasons, you know, sometimes somebody's done the innovation, they've used cloud because that was the quickest and easiest way to do the innovation, but they've looked at t taking a mature approach, actually, kind of what you're talking about before, taking that kind of mature approach to say, yeah, we've done the innovation there. And actually, the reality, though, is that we can never fully run this in that environment for the rest of its days, you know, and, and so sometimes, yeah, it's sometimes absolutely driven by maybe a mistake or, a, a you know, a, a poor choice initially, but also sometimes for the right reasons. And, and bringing some of that stuff kind of back on prem, but um, I mean, one of the things I, ju I just wanted to kind of delve into, though, that's something that you uh, and it, this kind of you know kind of leads into that a little bit is this idea of that changing view of cloud. You know, cloud first as a question, um, and, and some of that is changed by perhaps the realization that, and it's something you have touched on a couple of times already, that the realization that cloud's not just about, or, or perhaps isn't at all about just it's saving money it's not a money saving exercise you know in your view i mean so so if cloud's not just a money saving exercise you know what what are some of the drivers that you're now seeing when people are asking cloud first as a question if you like what are some of the drivers to adopting cloud if it's not about just commercially it could say you know it's going to cost me 20 percent less to run everything in the cloud than it does in a data center right i think there's there's so many um You've got, you know, you've got sort of the, the simplicity, the, you know, the flexibility, you've got access to, you know, a, a vast array of different tool sets, you've got the more on demand, much more dynamic nature of it, you know, so if you're looking at, you know, certainly at companies who are developing new applications, you, you know that those developers are going to want to work inside an AWS or an Azure or a Google cloud platform, that, that ecosystem, because they have access to everything. If they want to work with Docker, if they want to work with Lambda functions, if they want to work with TensorFlow or R or Spark, it's all just there um, in this, this wonderful playground of tools 
that they can experiment with and, and try out in order to, to create these new tools, technologies, applications, or even insights. And um, so I think, you know, it's all of those kind of things that it's that, 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 that wonderful playground that you've got within the, 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 the hyperscale environments to be able to, to work with, you know, a whole range of different tools and that very dynamic nature, you know, try something, if it didn't work, shut it down, try again. Um, so you've got that much more dynamic nature of, uh, of the way that you can work in these environments. So I think, you know, people will still move stuff. It may just be to, to try and save costs. People will have to rewrite applications in order to pe- to move them. Um, people will have to consider whether they leave old applications behind and consume new ones as a service. And then if you're building your own applications, well, then, you know, I, I think all developers are going to look to the cloud um, because of that richness of the ecosystem and technologies and capabilities that are available yeah, it's there. A, and that's a great explanation because I, I think we've, we've talked just before we started recording, weren't we, about that the idea with i know we were talking about analytics particularly but the idea that in in my little humble opinion um that the idea of behind using kind of public cloud analytics services to learn things is not about finding out more about what i already know you know finding out more granular detail about something that i already roughly know something about but it's about finding things that you don't even know are something that you might know something about and i think you know that that, that's kind of a, a slightly different but good example of what you've just said which is that really cloud is about enabling you to do things that would be extremely difficult or extremely expensive or almost impossible for you to do in your your existing architecture and 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 and, and do you think that's that's been uh you know kind of some of the things that have driven you you writing the article you know that this kind of idea of cloud first exclamation cloud first as a question um is not something that you've invented it's it's something you've seen from experience you know but, but do you think it is people's maturity and understanding that actually cloud is much more around innovation and different ways of delivery is is starting to drive this change in, in view and it, it, it's actually much more that than um people realizing that well actually it doesn't just save me money it, it, it's seeing that the capabilities of particularly public cloud it's seeing what those capabilities can drive is it is that is that, is that kind of the thing that's maybe driving this this subtle change in in view i think so and i i, I think you know maybe maybe you sort of touched on it i think a little bit of this is human nature I think we 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 like to be we like to be black and white. We like to be very opinionated. Um, so, who do you mean, you know, Matt, when you say that? Who do you mean? <laughs> but, it, but we do. It's that's just our nature. Is you know um, we are going to do this, and people like to set very rigid kind of. Um, we are going to to you. Go, we are going all flash. We're going to transform our data center with all flash. We're going to go all into the cloud. It's, it's these bold kind of statements. We're going to go all off in this direction. Um, and I think everything is more nuanced than that. I think you can say, you know, like with Flash, you know, let's look at where that makes sense for us, you know, and we should use it unless there's a good reason not to. We should look at the cloud unless there's a good reason that we that, that, that we shouldn't do it or that, that, that it isn't going to work for those particular things. So I think our... Our opinions have softened from our, our original kind of knee-jerk reactions, which is what we like to do. Um, I think over time you then start to mature, um, and and things become more nuanced. You become more um, aware 
um, more knowledgeable, uh, and therefore you start to realize that actually you've got to soften that position, use it as a as a way to guide what you're thinking, but it, it shouldn't. Be I think these um, I, I just actually as you were talking there, it just made me think. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no zealot like a technology zealot, uh, is there? When it comes to <laughs> it comes to a, taking a stance. Um, I, uh, and I think actually it's a really good example of what you just yeah. said there, you know, th- and actually just removing it from the cloud conversation, but saying, yeah, things like uh, Flash will be my starting position. So can I, do, you know, it's that kind of idea. Can I do it with Flash? And if I can, should I? Is there a good reason not to? Uh, and that is a much more, you know, we've used the word maturity a few times, haven't we? But that's a, a much more mature, grown-up view of how I should de- define a strategy probably in anything but you know where tech is I, I won't try and define strategies for anything else but you know for defining tech defining technology strategies to look at well you know these are the trends these are the directions of travel for the technology industry for the the, the industry that your sector's in perhaps and they should be the things that we initially aim at and say right well they're the kind of things that we that, that people are doing and are they the kind of things that we can do and then are they the kind of things that we should do? I think so. It's a really useful stance to take. Um, and I, I mean, just as we, we kind of wrap up here, and I, I wonder whether you had some examples of where you've maybe seen this kind of change in maturity. You know, whether that's in NetApp or whether that's that, that's anywhere else. You know, the, the idea that um, this kind of cloud first as a question, as opposed to cloud first as a mandate. You know, have you seen? subtle changes in the way that that's driven direction driven strategy um in i say within whether that's in netapp or whether that's just examples that you've seen elsewhere yeah and 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 i'm going to mention something and i know anybody who's listening to this is going to think this is a big netapp plug but it's not um the the whole idea of data fabric i am a, a huge advocate that a data fabric it's not netapp data fabric it's data fabric And I'm a huge advocate that a data fabric um, has the ability for you to start associating characteristics with it that can enable you to do the things you want to do going forward. If you want to go to software as a service, if you want to go to using um, AWS for test and development, if you want to do these things, what is your strategy that will enable you to do that? Um, and should you make changes in the future, what is your strategy that, that you, shows you've thought about how you could change things in the future? And so when I talk to people and you say, you know, they say, we are, we've got a cloud strategy. And you then say, well, what is that? It suddenly starts to get a little bit quiet. So I literally encourage people to say, you know, when I think about, you know, what a strategy is, I put my arm out in front of me horizontally. And I say, you know, that line represents kind of data. And data could be an entire application. It could just be data. Everything below that line is the characteristics that we need to, we have to consider, which is protection and security and efficiency and mobility, all of those things. Everything above the line is the kind of the value you're trying to create or the location that you want to move something to. So I would say to people, don't start by looking below. Start by looking above and draw that line out and then start to map on there the kind of tools that you want to use, the hyperscalers you might want to work with, the software as a service providers you might want to work with. Get all of that above the line. Even values, are you looking for more innovation, more productivity? Get everything like that mapped out above the line. Then once you've done it, you can start putting below the line the products, the services, the capabilities that you will need to have in place to make that happen. And I think, that's kind of 
that's not a, you know just come from me. That's sort of come through from so many conversations I've had. When you sort of say to people, you know, think about that line, um, then suddenly you're creating a strategy. And I think this. So the strategy is almost not kind of cloud first. The strategy is almost how do we start to build a data fabric that could enable us to run our applications where it makes most sense to run them and have flexibility, you know, and then the other characteristics underneath it. That's kind of how my conversations have been going over, certainly over the last few months. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That the, you know, the idea behind, behind any strategy should be that, you know, your starting point is where's the value? It should always be where's the value? And I think it goes back to that kind of tech zealot thing, doesn't it? The, the, the conversation should never start on, uh, you know, I must have NetApp storage uh, that and, and everything else you know, everything else spins out from there, you know, and so regardless of whether, you know, talking about NetApp, you know, as, as the example, but regardless of whether the, the NetApp platform is the right platform or not, my, my zealot's position is I'm going to put NetApp in and then everything else. So every, every innovation that I can do, but also every limitation that I will have will be driven because I've made the technology decision as opposed to starting kind of the, like yes. you said, the above the line, start from the complete opposite side of this to say, right, well, where, where am I? And that's how every strategy should be. So where am I trying to get to? And then make, you know, make, build your strategy around that, you know, and I'm with you. We've, we've, we've talked about this kind of idea of data strategy for probably the last four or five years, you know, we've, as, as companies change, you know, and, 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 you know, whether it's consultancy companies like, like mine or whether it's big global organizations like, like NetApp, those, those kind of conversations change over time because actually people's requirements in a way that we have viewed technology, particularly um, in, inside of an organization, you know, technology very much as an enabler, as a way of doing things that we couldn't before. And that's now starting to drive conversations. So, so how can we take advantage of technology to help us to reach these business goals? And, and I think this idea that people yeah. are increasingly less bothered by the plumbing that sits underneath it but i think there is also a, a bit that sits alongside that that says but you still need to choose the right plumbing to say actually you know if my strategy is to do all of these things i need to have all of my data and my compute in multiple locations and i want the flexibility to move it around it's important that the plumbing i choose uh, allows me to do that um you know and uh, and part of that plumbing probably um almost as though i thought this through before i started talking but almost part of that plumbing is cloud first is a question you know so could i do all of that plumbing in the cloud and then is it the right place for me me to put it in and and, and i suppose that you know maybe maybe that sums it up but i mean i mean is that is that a view you're seeing elsewhere or is it just me and my crazy little world thinking that that's how how the world's please don't say yes it's your crazy little world but um uh, leading question but you know is, is that what you're seeing no. that actually it's this kind of di di totally different approach spin it round look at it the other way and then build the technology kind of to, to underpin that later yeah absolutely and you know if, i remember somebody said to me you know a few years ago um they said you know if you can't manage something through an api then don't buy it um and, and i think that was a really good way of starting to, to to look at you know you've got to be thinking above the technology you might be buying what you think is the best product um, but does that product actually fit into a broader strategy? And so I think too frequently we start from the, with the products and look up rather than, okay, we have a, a, an overriding strategy of what we need to achieve. And that needs to make certain dictations down to uh, influence the products that we select that, that, that will then form part of that strategy. You know, and if you think about data fabric with NetApp, you know, 
I'm certainly not going to speak for George, but you know that was George's vision for the company. You know, when he took over as CEO three years ago, and it became the lighthouse for us. It became the the vision of where we need to design our products towards. It is fundamentally the strategy that makes sure that every single piece of technology or software or hardware or whatever that we bring to market has to fit and support and amplify the value of everything else that we do because of data fabric. It became our strategy. It's given us direction. It's given every single person in the company, whether you're a developer or an SE or a sales guy, the the um, desire to focus and the vision that, that we have something that everything we do is kind of aiming towards. And it's really turned our company around. And that's another reason why I think our customers need to have that strategy as well. And we will not be all of the pieces that sit underneath it for them. Their data fabric strategy will be much broader. Um, it'll be, uh, I hope, some of what we bring to it, but it'll be hyperscale providers. It'll be <clears throat> some of our competitors. But if you're not thinking of that strategy, my worry is, is that as people start to use the cloud more and more and more, we'll just end up with a modern day version of silos again. We've spent 10 years trying to break them down. And what we're going to do is start spinning up software as a service silos, infrastructure as a service silos, platform as a service silos, on-premise silos, these silos. I worry that if people don't have a strategy, then we'll just create a much more modern version of the bad decisions we made in the past. Well, and I think that's a show in itself, uh, cloud as the new silo, question mark. Um, I think that's a... a yeah, but, but, but I think you're absolutely yeah. right. You know, it's it, it, it's about having a strategy and part of that strategy should, uh, sorry, and if part of that strategy is uh, rather than me dictating what it should be, but if part of that strategy is that I want to be able to have my data and my compute and my services from whatever location, not only whatever location is the best one today, but might be that location in the future. I, I need the flexibility and, you know, uh, I, I need to be able to build the flexibility today that allows me to kind of explore and exploit whatever new innovation might be down the road in, in four or five years time. So, but Matt, look, I, I, that's been a really yeah. fascinating conversation. It was a great article that you wrote as well. And I think it, 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 you know, opens up lots of these kind of interesting conversations and we've, we've just maybe a little bit more detail today, but, you know, we, we're really only scratching the kind of the surface of that, but, um, but you, you know, you produce lots of really interesting stuff. So, so if people do want to kind of continue this conversation with you, you want to find out some of the other stuff that you've written or maybe how to engage with you online what, what's a good way for them to do that so my blog is what's-innovating.com um, I try and post something on there pretty much every three or four weeks usually not NetApp specific more kind of thoughts and observations and I'm also on Twitter at MTJ. Well, Matt, um, really appreciate your time, and uh, I, I, hopefully, um, everybody listening to this has, has got as much and uh, as much from a very fascinating conversation as I have. Um, but Matt, look, thanks again for your time, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again in the near future. Absolutely, great talking to you, Paul. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes. Next week, we get an update on VMware Cloud on AWS as we find out about the latest developments and innovations on VMware's cloud platform. So if you want to make sure you catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>